Hey everyone, welcome back. Uh, this is Ron and Matt Musselison. This is Season 2, Episode 6. Today, we are lucky to be joined by my friend Gareth from the band Lakes. Gareth's album that we're going to be speaking about is the 1996 album Do You Know Who You Are by the band Texas Is The Reason. Gareth, thanks for for joining us today. I wanted to first ask you, how did Texas Is The Reason come about for you? How did you find them? Well, well, that's uh, that's, that's the great question. And really, it, it starts off, I'd say, back in... 1997 when I'd say Britpop and that whole music scene in the UK was like big like really big and I followed some bands from that that scene if you can call it that people like the Blue Tones, Charlatans but I was always I don't know I was always not entirely convinced with that music scene especially around the sort of lad culture that came from it and I started looking towards America, funny enough, and more more bands that were of that ilk, but I don't know, a bit more, bit more in tune with just being decent humans, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so I, I, yeah, I was I was lucky really because where I grew up in in a town called Croydon, which is in in South London, so you got to imagine. London as a whole and this sort of suburb right on the southern edge had quite a good music scene it had quite a good selection of record stores so everything was on tap and it was was just there it's just so close by and going to high school and being close to that was great because it had all this music on tap but there was one record shop that stood out and that was uh, Shake Some Action and it it was like the punk paradise in that in that part of the world there was just nothing else like it do you know what i mean oh yeah yeah for sure man and it was just like yeah it was like an aladdin not aladdin's kind of cat i described it as captain nemo's cave you'd go in there and there was a bit of these bizarre records that i'd never heard of and these bizarre labels and the guy that run the shop james was like this proper stoned out guy <laughs> that just, just, would just open up this open up the store when he could be bothered uh, I, I used to go there and knock on knock on the door and he'd be in the flat up above the above the shop and you'd be, you'd be stood there for 20 minutes before he'd even come down and he'd come down in some battered old cardigan and open the door and it'd be classic oh hey man how you doing but yeah just james can i just look around the shop yeah yeah but the guy's knowledge was un- for for a Brit guy. Let's get it straight. For a Brit, for a British guy, his <laughs> understanding and how in tune he was with like the American post-hardcore emo, whatever you want to call it, that that thing, he was so in tune with it. It was unreal. And yeah, I guess get back to the question. That that's where I discovered Texas. The reason was in that shop. Uh, I was in there one day. Uh, I was chatting to James. 
and he handed me a in-flight program CD, which was a Revelation Records uh, compilation. And on there, I think it's second or third track is Texas The Reason. So there you go. The short answer, 1997, given to me by a guy called James, a record shop in Croydon called Shakes and Action. So that's the sort of opening <laughs> gambit for how I discovered Texas The Reason. <laughs> No, that's 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 actually cool. I mean, I, I always enjoy whenever it's a situation where maybe you weren't familiar with something and you either, you know, randomly discover it or you have somebody kind of give it to you. And then, you know, you you are drawn to something. And the fact that it was a compilation, uh, what made Texas is the reason stand out for you? Well, uh, talking about talk about the compilation in general, I think. Uh, I mean, that some mm -hmm. of the some of the bands on there. I mean, I hadn't heard of these. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I, I was in discovery mode, I guess, if you want to call it that. I'd listen to oh, yeah. me. I listened to Jimmy World. I, I really scratched the surface of Riot Girls. So I really into Sleater Kinney. But there were bands on there. Engine Kids, Sensefield, Farside. Fuck yeah. Quicksand. And it was and, and that, that, exactly what you just did there. Fuck yeah. That's what it was like. I put that yeah. CD on. Shit, it was a yeah. hammer, it was a hammer blow it was literally a hammer blow to the face like here's all the music you kind of like but just better <laughs> you know and yeah takes the reason stood out that that track oh, what was on there now back into the left of course back into the left and it just oh, my faves it, yeah it just the, it was such a powerful song it just hit me so hard and I had to, I had to discover Texas the reason there and then. That that was it. Yeah, I loved all the other bands on that on that compilation, but that one just stood out. It just, it just seemed so honest, you know. It just, it had some sincerity about it and uh, raw honesty, which I kind of guess I was looking for, like I described about the Britpop scene in the UK at the time. I was kind of, I was looking for that, you know. Yeah, that's cool, man. I mean, like that fact alone that that song stood out among those bands, because I mean, there's some. Revelation always had some some killer bands on oh, their yeah. roster. Oh, tell me about it. I mean, you know, talking about voyages voyages of discovery, and you know, listening to that compilation and actually sort of opening the book, I guess, to Revelation Records. I mean, it's just unbelievable their output at the time. Off the top of my head, Buyer Fred, Garrison, Kill Holiday, Drowning Man, Will Haven, Elliot, The Movie Life. <laughs> it just it was just such a a varied label. I know it's all it all comes from the same body, I guess. Yeah. But the sort of the sub the sub genres and the sub scenes that were all feeding into it at the t at the time, especially. I mean, blew me away. Completely blew me away. Uh, yeah, and uh, cost me a lot of money in buying records. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> So was the first was the first output aside from that song like the first full length that you listened to or the first like extended play that you listened to from Texas is the reason was it do you know who you are? It was yeah. So I, I didn't I hadn't discovered the the earlier uh, splits with the Promise Ring and mm -hmm. anything else that they put out really. It was just the full length. And if I remember rightly, I, I might have skewed sort of history here for me slightly but I remember having to say to James when I went back and saw him after I listened to that comp I said to him look Texas is the reason can you can you get hold of that record and the answer was yes and and eventually <laughs> for him it, it always took a while to get something in from somewhere but it, it arrived and 
I eagerly uh, got it home and yeah, I mean, wow. <laughs> I think a lot of people view it as like one of the, uh, I don't want to say like pinnacles, but kind of, you know, when you talk about like yeah. that sort of, you know, because emo has that sort of like long storied history or whatever, you know, like <laughs> yeah, you yeah. get into that era. I feel like this one is up there with a, a lot of the, you know the other big ones you know what get up kids and jimmy yeah. world you know oh 100 percent. and i and i think i think especially now there's so much uh emphasis used on the on sort of superlatives and words like the best the, the greatest uh this is awesome this is this that and the rest of it and that, that kind of gets lost on me now because for me that that record is the best for me it it's just it stood, it stood the test of time and you're right it yeah it, it's almost like the playbook for any great post-hardcore emo record if if you know that those sort of phrases are hard to hard to uh, walk around I <laughs> yeah <guess. laughs> we talk about that a lot here like yeah genre subgenre too many subgenres. what is Ugh. this that and the other thing it, it can be uh it can be tough <laughs> Yeah, oh, 100%. But yeah, that, that to me is like the, the standard, the playbook, the, the record that, you know, if you want to be into that kind of music, you should be listening to. And if you, if you certainly want to play that kind of music or even put, put an output of, of emo, post-hark or whatever you want to call it, or punk, <laughs> uh, that's, that's up there for me, you know. That's, real, that's a real personal uh, opinion on it, but yeah. <laughs> I think it's cool you well, got think... into it basically at that time too. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like as it was kind of happening, a lot of people found that my hey, even myself included, found the stuff like later on. Um, but yeah, to I'll... be there when it was happening, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I, I can't claim I can't claim the result of you know being into them when they were about because by sort of I guess like that night like I said ninety seven. I say ninety seven because I I'd I'd left school by then. You know, in the UK, uh, schooling's a lot different and high school finished at 16 for all of us. So I'd already left school and I was working. So I had access to these record shops and a, a sort of wage of sorts, although it wasn't the best. Uh, and I was, I was well into my music then anyway, and a long time before that. So, yeah, I think it, I think it was just right place, right time. Like that, that record shop, uh, Shake Some Action, and James in particular, I just fell into it at the, the right time and very few people in the UK especially were aware of what was going on over in your side of the bond you know it was no it wasn't a uh, a big thing because like I said Britpop was was the thing it was the all and everything of sort of alternative music in the UK yeah I, I was gonna say I think that Texas is the reason is probably one of the bands that has become like a uh i mean an influence definitely on the stuff that came like in the early 2000s for sure oh you definitely. know i mean they had contemporaries like you know i think saves the day was around um yeah, I think during right. the same time frame um yeah. but i mean as far as as their sound i mean bands that i genuinely like i mean a band like thursday you can hear how they're influenced by it but even bands like I would say, you know, early My Chemical Romance, Taking Back Sunday, brand new, 
mm-hmm. all of those bands that were kind of fairly well known <laughs> seem to bite a good bit of the style oh, yeah. of this of this album. <laughs> oh, 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 un- undoubtedly so. Uh, you know, and if you if you sort of dive deeper into the album itself, you can you can see why. I've alluded it to already. It was, you know, such an honest record for me. Anyway, I, I you know, when I listen to it, I I just think it just comes from such a good place and such a yeah, an honest place. But it's sort it's got that sort of pop mentality that's driven behind it, which works works for whatever reason. You know that uh, the rasping voices as well, the the, vo- the vocals on it, and I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of I'll shoehorn this in now but i've met met norman brandon and and sat down and had a couple of glasses of wine with him and you know he's he he said to me that they were trying to basically copy oasis in in a roundabout way which i i find utterly utterly exactly utterly amazing and funny enough you know that and it kind of links back to how I felt about music at the time, listening to a lot of the Britpop bands, not maybe not such a big, big one like Oasis or Blur, but the smaller ones like Blue Tones and Charlatans. And we got chatting about that, saying how, like, who influences who? Who, who it, are the UK influencing states and the states influencing the UK? And you can hear it on, on so many records at the time. People are uh, not copying, but picking influences from both sides of the pond. Uh, and that record is a classic example of it. I think another one is, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the band now, Kill Holiday. You listen to that record, it might as well be like a Manchester indie band from the early 90s, <laughs> but with an emo, with an emo edge. It's just, it's just great, you know, and yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. That's pretty cool to think about, though. That it's like, well, I kind of wanted to get away from the stuff I'm listening to. I find this thing. I speak to the person. They tell me, oh, we were pretty influenced by this thing. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it blew my, it blew my mind. I've had many a conversation with people about, you know, like who's who's zooming who, basically, who's, who's you know, influencing each other. And, well, there you go. <laughs> you know, when, when the oh, yeah. man himself says, you know, I, I was, I was, I was, trying to go for a pop angle and I was listening to a lot of Oasis and and that's why we went for for the you know how 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 it was sung and like oh oh yeah oh oh yeah (laughs) now I get it you know and 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 when I was speaking to Norman about some of the Britpop bands like the Blue Tones for example he said oh yeah we used to love them used to go if they say for we were touring in Germany they played the night before us and we all went to see them because we loved them and that blew my mind as well I was like what you know, but the Blue Tones were a band from London. You know, relative, not relatively big at the time, not not major success, but you know, like an indie staple in the UK. And the fact that this guy is talking to me about a band that I love, that he also loved as well, but made the record that you know is my favourite record of all time. It's just, you know, I say it again, it's just it's just a mind blowing uh, series of of events, really. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, how how influential was this on you in in playing music and wanting to play music? Oh, like everything. I mean, I was playing guitar at the time, and I listened to that record, and I, and I tried to. I, I had a group of friends that were, were getting into the same sort of music as well. It, it some were a lot heavier, more into the sort 
true hardcore, should we say, and others not so much. But I remember the time, every time I tried to form a band, I'd always, you know, you always, when you form a band, you try and sort of reference albums or reference songs, say, oh, why don't we kind of go for something like this? And I tell you now, every band or everything I've tried to do, I've always gone, oh, uh, Texas the Reason? Uh, or, or, if <laughs> or if someone says, oh, uh, oh what, what, okay, I'm not into emo at all. Tell me, you know, a record I should I'm like, uh, Texas the Reason? <laughs> you know, I'm like, a, I'm a broken record. So oh, some of the bands I tried to get together and, Oh, back back then as well. I mean, early two thousands. I was in. I was in a, a proper. Well, I, I, they would they would have called they've called it screamo now, but it was it is what it was. And I remember the first sort of sessions we had together where we were writing, and there's me trying to drop these sort of Texas the Reason <laughs> riffs and uh, in, influences on it, influences on it, and then it turns out we sounded more like Sasha than we did anything else, but. <laughs> It's just it's just funny how how influence how influential one record record is on you you know when it comes to your own music output I mean for you know don't get me wrong Lakes Lakes is completely different and always will be oh yeah uh, yeah and and Texas will never have an influence on that but it influences me you know it influences my my worldview on music and my and the way I want to play and yeah yeah so yeah in in, in short uh, absolutely it's utterly influenced you know the, the the direction of uh my my will to play in bands if you see if you see what i mean yeah 100 100 percent makes total sense to me so when you first listened to the album was there was there something about it that immediately stood out to you that that you gravitated toward that really made you hold on to this album i think uh like when you when you first put on the record and it hits off with johnny on the spot it's just that yeah i mean i you, you guys have heard it it's just something about it just completely it completely captures well, it captured me anyway it completely took me in it was like a, a big hug it was like hey this was the record you've been looking for my son sort of thing this you know and it's the the driven guitars, the the precise drumming, the, the raspy vocals. It, it was everything I I was looking for, I guess. And I think considering that, like I said, I sort of was on that voyage of discovery into some bands like the Amish Ring, Jimmy, and we got Mineral. We can go on and on and on, but yeah, this just it was just a shining, you know, shining example to me of what I wanted like like we said I think it's just right time right place at the right time when when I got to hear it uh yeah lyrically as well I mean it's great <laughs> yeah Matt when you first were were listening to it or revisiting it what uh what stood out was well, I mean I heard them as I sort of alluded to like well later obviously I don't know I I dig the vocal melodies a lot it's mm. interesting too to find out <laughs> that like they they were influenced by like Brit pop poppiness, I guess of maybe like vocal melodies stuff like that. It's pretty interesting, but yeah, I I I do like the vocal melodies, like you said, the drumming. I really dig as I I guitar is my main instrument, but as time's gone on, I 
feel like I appreciate good drumming more and more, you know. But, yeah. <laughs> and the production on the album's really good oh. too. And I didn't oh. know before yeah. kind of looking into it that Jay Robbins did it. And I was like, oh, oh shit. Okay, well, that explains something there. Well, is there's no there's no mistaking that the fact that I go on from from this story, and uh, I wasn't aware of Jay Robbins at the time, but one of my other favorite bands is Burning Airlines, and oh, yeah. when I look, and then when I looked up who produced this, I was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, know? right. It's just it, yeah, it, it, Jay like Jay you know Jay Robbins. Produce, like co-producing on this record it, t- it just makes total sense when you listen to it it just makes mm. total sense to me but yeah he's a he's a musical hero of mine. <laughs> man not um, i'm not far i don't think i'm far behind you you know but burning airlines you know oh, if it yeah. wasn't if it wasn't this record i'd be talking about them uh, what album though oh now you got me <laughs> i was like oh this is a tough one <laughs> it is a tough one because Mission Control is like it's awesome. I did yeah. it though is ah, man exactly. I uh. remember I first I tell you where I first heard Identicate. I was in my friend's car. I was uh, visiting a friend in Michigan, just out uh, in Kalamazoo. Funny enough, and it was like a it was really snowy, and she put the record on, and I was like, oh wow, this is is this the new Burning Airlines record? She's like, yeah. Oh, holy shit <laughs> and it's just so it was so different but not do you know what i mean it's just mm-hmm. oh yeah i don't know I, i'm gonna go identikit and i'm also gonna go there <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got the surgeon's house on it which even though i've been playing yeah. guitar for years i'm like i don't i want to tackle that riff but i'm like yeah i don't know if i can <laughs> it's not gonna happen is it <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah i saw them there's a there's a pub in uh, central london in a place called camden which is like i, d- I don't know uh like the alternative hot spot i guess that everyone who's sort of seeking out alternative music fashion whatever culture goes mm-hmm. there you know and there and there's a pub there called the dublin castle which just puts on sort of bands that are slowly on the on the on the tour of toilet venues around the country <laughs> But for whatever reason, at the time, they used to get in some like big American acts, Burning Airlines, the Appleseed cast, uh, Cursive. And I used to stand in there with my girlfriend, now wife, and we'd be seeing these bands going, why does no one else know about this? Why? You know, (laughs) they'd be playing to about 100 people or whatever. Like, oh, my God. And I remember seeing Burning Airlines in there and holy shit. Yeah. Anyway, we've (laughs) completely gone off. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the whole point. What tour were they on? Were they on Identica tour? I'm pretty sure it's Identica. Yeah, I never saw them. I saw Jawbox uh, when they did the reunion shows, but yeah, I never saw Burning Airlines. Band called Old Time Religion that supported them. Really, almost like he was singing. It wasn't even singing really. It was poetry, but almost deep voice in it. I <laughs> put in the microphone almost down his throat, and yeah, I'll have to rediscover because I bought the album off off the ta- off the merch table, thinking, "Oh, this is cool." <laughs> but yeah, I'll have to revisit that and talk about that another time. That's pretty funny. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, <laughs> as far as Burning Airlines, I think the Departure EP is actually my favorite thing. Oh, nice. I love like all their stuff. The split they did with After Driving is good. I mean, yeah. 
they're not. they're just one of those bands. Oh, that's right, they did. I forgot. Yeah. What's, I forgot that that happened. Yeah. I don't think I that's own right, it because I think catacombs. it's only like a yeah, that's the one. Catacombs yeah. from at the drive-in is on. That. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think I own it because I think it's only been out on picture disc, and I really try not to buy those ever. I <laughs> well, if you don't have if you don't have Neil Perry specimen, you're just I I, I don't sports. have any. Do I have any picture discs? I don't think I have any picture discs. The only one I can think of that's close is the Dietro Ampere split, but it's not really a picture disc. It's like painted. I don't know what else. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, like obviously you both know, but the sort of demise of burning airlines is also uh, I think a crazy story, really. And it's all and obviously it's all to do with 9-11, but how oh yeah it's, it's so upsetting to me that a band has to split up because of their na- the name of their of the band yeah basically. yeah they yeah. were old friends too right wasn't it like wasn't it jay and like one or two guys from government issue <laughs> or like yeah. so it's like old it's almost like his version of owls or something like that yeah. you know what i mean yeah exactly yeah yeah uh yeah but then channels afterwards as well channels is fucking great that first EP, what is it? Open EP? Oh, yeah. It's fucking, it's, I think it's six songs and it's like just one banger after another. I know. They just, it just, it's relentless, isn't it? It's absolutely relentless. But yeah, it's a great, it's a great EP. It really is. Yeah, uh, it, uh, uh, and yeah, everything Jay Robbins touched, I think, just turns to gold in, in, in terms of that scene for sure. Yeah, because he did Farrakat. Um, yeah. He did. He did one of my favorite engine. Well, maybe he did the, I think he did two engine down albums. He did to bury within a sound, and then I think he did demure too. Jeez, yeah, he's just <laughs> his his catalog of stuff he's documented is fucking. He's up there with like Albini for me. Just like also how he records is really good. You know, what I mean that that was the thing that probably like to this to find out. I was like, okay, it makes sense because it sounds so good. seen this type of music doesn't he? he he gets it and and when he puts those jigsaw pieces together it fits so tightly and so well and produces some like you say some utter bangers you know and and this is this is no different texas the reason and him is a marriage in we're in heaven isn't he it's just just works so perfect <laughs> thank you <laughs> so let me ask you you mentioned brit pop being something that you were listening to prior what kind of got you into this style of music? Was it Britpop? You you kind of filtered into this through Britpop or were there other kind of like punk or punk adjacent acts that you were interested in? Yeah, absolutely. So 
Nirvana was a big influence on me while I was in high school. Uh, a bit, cl- bit cliche, I know, maybe, but it it, de- it definitely had an influence on me. I was, you know, 1994, I was 14. Is <laughs> a story about, about Nirvana in high school. Uh, I sprayed my hair pink and worn in utero t-shirt. Uh, I think it was like, I don't know what year of school I was in. But uh, I got sent home <laughs> for having pink hair. <laughs> how how very English, eh? <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I was I was big into Nirvana, and sort of Nirvana opened a lot of doors for me, uh, punk wise, should we say? Uh, I, I discovered bands like Smashing Pumpkins, uh, which I'm a massive fan of, and bizarrely, The Offspring Smash. I remember when that came out. Yeah, so I, good. I, I, sorry, I don't care. It's so, yeah. I, I still think it's a really good album. Oh man, it's it's a great record, and I was lucky or unlucky, however you want to see it. But I had friends with older brothers, and and that's kind of where I heard that from around my friends' houses, and they'd be listening to Pearl Jam. Well, I've got my opinions on that band, but <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> and I kind of got yeah, I kind of got influenced by, you know. Yeah, that that style of music, and then yeah, Britpop blew up, and you couldn't help but well, being being sixteen at school and just leaving school, you couldn't help but not be into it. You, you know, forget forget the big the bigger acts that sort of littered that scene. It was more the underground scene that was flowing through it. Uh, there were definitely bands that were trying to do something different. Uh, and I guess that was the sort of voyage of discovery to finding, uh, you know, American bands. I, I think another example of that is Blur were banging on at the time about a band called Pavement. And I discovered mm-hmm. Pavement and I love that sound. Uh, and then I think from Pavement, I probably fell into Weezer, uh, Pinkerton, <laughs> which I think is probably the most emo non-emo album of, <laughs> of, of all time <laughs> it's referenced a lot <laughs> yeah so yeah you know I, I i think i always had my eye i had my eye on the game here but i also had i definitely had my eye across across the water for and i, and I always have done uh, for for whatever reason i've always you know looked look to uh, american culture i guess for sort of inspiration and guidance in music and fashion whatever uh yeah <laughs> so yeah i think i think yeah but Britpop was was a, a springboard into that and there are, i think and i'm sure people will probably argue with me but i think there's a, there are several albums or records that Britpop bands put out that are so so damn close to like some emo records for example the the blue tones last chance saloon if you listen to that they recorded that in i think they recorded that in uh arizona or something like that and you can just tell there's a there's that there's a slight difference to it and yeah so yeah in answer to your question i i was already i'd already been into i don't know the the, the bigger punky bands nirvana Smashing Pumpkins, if you want to call them punk, not really. They're sort of gothy, aren't they? But The Offspring and things. I can't. I kind of already gone down that path, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, that's that's awesome. I mean, like finding finding the background of somebody's journey to get to these things is kind of a big deal for us on this. 
yeah. like kind of figuring out how you get from one point to another. So you mentioned about the sound of Britpop. The, the funny part of that is I've, I've mentioned this, I think, a couple of times in the past on different things. But one of the main reasons that I bought Thursday Full Claps is because it had a sticker that said if the Smiths ditched Britpop for hardcore, <laughs> it would be this record. <laughs> and that is the reason I bought the record. Well, uh-huh. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love the Smiths, but yeah, go on. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. But that was the whole reason that I purchased it. So you know, listening to it, that I mean, obviously, I didn't didn't think that was a hundred percent accurate description. <laughs> no. However, I did really call love them, the record. That's why they call them hype stickers, right? They <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But it was it was interesting to me that you know there had to be some sort of discussion i would think of influence to have put that on to a product that was going to be shelved in record stores so yeah i think i think it's interesting like you know the crossover the kind of like oh this influences this but it doesn't have to sound like it to influence it either you know and i think that's a key to it like everybody kind of has an idea in their head of what they want something to sound like so even though you know maybe Texas is the, is the reason doesn't influence maybe what you're doing at the moment. There's still that part of you in the back of your head that's like, oh, this could have fit in the Texas is the reason song. Or, you know, I want to try and make this. And, and, and I think that's, that's super interesting. So you mentioned that you were playing guitar a little bit prior to this. Were you in any bands prior to that? And were they kind of in the emo vein? Or was it more of like standard for where you were from, like kind of the Brit pop? Yeah, I think the, the my sort of early adventures into music. I think the first the first band I kind of formed or got into was in high school when we were just basically trying to rip off Nirvana. Go figure. We it's just that was <laughs> that that was the time. But I didn't really venture into a band sort of scenario. Well, from yeah, I. I a couple of years after this, I guess, I guess sort of 99, 2000, when I think this sort of style of music, should we say, uh, was was getting popular here. And therefore there was more people to talk about it to and more people to sort of reference what you wanted to sound like. So the sort of first sort of bands I were in were all very hardcore led but more, more of what what I know now is known as screamo. Really, it was, it was that sort of real heavy, discordant screaming and guitar guitars that I, I got into. And it's far, I, I was just about to say it's far removed from things for the reason, but I guess it's not. It's all interlinked, and and I guess that's the beauty of this this genre of punk and these subgenres that we all love is the fact they're so interlinked and so you know woven together tightly that I don't think it really matters you know what what influence you try to put into the band it comes out with how you know how you feel at times so yeah at the time I was I, I never played in a Britpop band I was definitely heavily influenced by uh, the Charlatans and would often play a lot of their tracks to myself in my bedroom on guitar but actually being in bands and writing music didn't really come around until a little bit after that when yeah like I said it's like being in quite heavier bands 
but yeah. So let me ask, because you said that you were in, you know, kind of like hardcore screamo bands, knowing <laughs> that Texas is the reason had members of bands like 108 and Shelter and Resurrection. Mm-hmm. Were any of those bands something that you would listen to and enjoyed, or were you just more about that Texas is the reason sound? Yeah, I, I can't I can't lie about that at all. It, I definitely was heavily into the Texas is the reason sound. And yeah, I, I did I did look at their their previous work, Shelter, 108, and yeah, I, I I enjoy I enjoy both and and post listening to Texas the Reason, I think my uh, my discography my my yeah my discography collection of hardcore records went up drastically, but I think my main influence is probably the Moors what what became sort of metalcore I guess, uh, Poison is the Well, uh, and some of those bands around then probably influenced me shy hello there you go there's another band from revelation records that definitely needs to be i saw them like six times that's insane oh Oh, really man i love that yeah i love that band but i think that i think that's that hardcore sound if i can call it that metalcore whatever whatever yeah whatever i think that was more i think that was more influential uh down the track for being in those heavier bands definitely i don't i don't i think my looking back at previous texas works was the result of that if that makes sense yeah no i was just curious because i know that you know like Mm. like i like resurrection so like uh and 108 i never got deep into shelter 108 Mm. i liked but resurrection was probably of those of those bands that's probably my favorite um of the precursors but it's funny yeah shy halud was a was a band that seemed to get to here a lot. I may have been four times now that I think about it. I saw them, but I saw them quite a, a bit. Yeah, my yeah. brother-in-law and I uh, would actually saw them. I think three times together. He was a huge fan of them, and they always seemed to be coming with like a bunch of great bands too. So it was always like a cool, a cool thing. He was he was like really really into uh, a profound hatred of man. EP yeah and so that's like that would have been I think we saw them in like maybe 2000 or 2001 for the first time and then we saw them a couple of times after that but yeah that's interesting that 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 had an influence only saw Poison the Well once mm. I saw never Poison. saw them my sister and I were whatever we were into them opposite of december's fucking jam come at me i don't fucking care <laughs> and i just remember we were on a family trip down uh i have family in connecticut and we were down and we were in this town new london and we just happened to drive i remember us and you know because we were we were youths at this point I, I don't know if we were in middle school or i don't think we were in high school yet I'm the older, so I, I know I wasn't in high school yet, but I remember us just driving past like a venue and it was like, tonight, poison the well. We're like, holy shit, mom, can you like drop us off? And she's <laughs> like, no, this is a family trip. You need to hang out with your Nana. <laughs> and we were like, I, for years I've been like, man, because I think that was around that time too, that that show was, it would have been peak for me. <laughs> But yeah, never had a chance to see them, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I saw them with uh, American Nightmare 
and oh. From Autumn to Ashes opened up that tour. Oh, yeah, um, that's, a, that's a tour. Yeah. That is a yeah, tour. Yeah, there was someone else on it, but I just don't remember. And I'm sure it was probably somebody good that I'm just like blanking on. But yeah, it was uh, 2002. It was right after uh, Tear from the Red. Yeah. I mean, props to uh, From Autumn to Ashes, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was a fan. I saw them actually, they played at a music store that I worked in. As did Coheed and Cambria and oh, really? Zayo and the Juliana Theory. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you've just yeah. you've just rattled off some, some great big, bands. Some biggins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they played in a CD store <laughs> in the back for you know maybe uh, sixty people. So yeah. Yeah. yeah that was way back. Good. That was uh, too bad you're beautiful, had not even come out. And from Autumn to Ashes was looking for somewhere to play. And there was a kid locally who had booked some stuff prior. He was the one who, who booked Vincent Price's Orphan Powered Death Machine. Oh, okay. Uh, and he ended up booking them and Coheed and Cambria like the same couple of like weeks. He booked them like a month out because they couldn't find other venues. And um, there used to be a place out here called the American Music Cafe that a ton of bands played at like that. And it wasn't. I don't know if they weren't booking at the time or what the circumstances were, whether there were shows that night, but that's how we ended up having Coheed and Cambria. And they were our first like major kind of act because, you know, they were on equal vision. Second stage turbine blade was a thing at that point. It had just, just been like either announced and they put some songs out or something, but it was packed. And then it was like a week later we had modern dashes. And then it was like two months later, this day forward played. But yeah, it was it was really it was a strange it was a strange time because I was working at these shows and you know not being a part of it, and then after that going to see some of these bands in bigger venues when they kind of like grew out of playing in the back room of a CD store. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's amazing, and like yeah, and I guess that's the that's the way with all these sort of scenes and and bands that they, they have to go through that, don't they? To yeah, to get anywhere. But the fact that you saw them to ashes like that is amazing. And and you know, they've just re they're just about to repress uh, too bad you're beautiful. Sorry, I had a brain moment there. Too bad you're beautiful. And as soon as I, I heard the announcement it was gonna be repressed, I couldn't I couldn't click the buttons fast enough <laughs> on my phone. Was that pre-order at? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't care where in the world this is coming from. I don't care how much the shipping is. I'm having it. And That's got to like, be brutal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Don't. I, you, you, you Matt, Matt and I have talked about that a couple times. I can't remember what came out more recently that he was like, Matt from Lakes to people who hmm. aren't me and Gareth. Um, we're talking about it and there was something he was like, yeah, I really wanted to buy it. I just couldn't pull the trigger because the shipping was so expensive. Yeah. I mean, some of the shipping is more expensive than the record, sometimes two two times over. Um, yeah. I, I, I'll give you an example. I, I bought uh, a Norma Jean record that was repressed last year. And that's, <laughs> we're, we're now we're massively going off tangent here. But anyway, I bought a Norma Jean record. At the which which record? Oh, is it Meryl Dunnell? Is it? Is it how you pronounce it? Mary Dunnell? Oh, I don't know. Anyway. I'm not familiar. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not familiar that with that one. The only one that I ever bought was uh, "Bless the Martyr and Kiss the Child." 
uh, and and I'm going to be that person that just drops superlatives on every record. But yeah, that's an amazing record. Uh, but yeah, I bought this record anyway, repressed. I think the first time it pressed, there was there, there wasn't enough to go around. And every time you see it on Discogs, it's like two hundred dollars, and I'm, I'm never paying that. Anyway, it's oh, been yeah. pressed. Got it, and the shipping was twice the price of the record. Oof. And then I had to go and pick, and then I had to go and pick it up from my local Royal Mail place, and then they charged me customs chat. Oh, tax. I hate that they do that, man. Oh yeah. my it god! Just, literally, this record went from being the cheapest thing going so one of the most expensive <laughs> records i've bought and i said to myself from then i'm never buying a record from the states and then all that shit came out bang done <laughs> but it's just it's such a shame that there isn't and i know i know some labels are trying to do it where they're trying to get an eu uk like right yeah. yeah and i think and they need to they, that yeah and and I think others starting to realize realize that. And I think if you ever go into the comment section of any band or label that just just released a record in the states, you you just see the amount of EU UK people going, release one here. <laughs> I feel like I run into that on the flip side. Ron, do you run into that too? Because I bought something oh on Bandcamp Friday yeah. this last Friday that the shipping I think was maybe just slightly under how much the record was granted it was coming from russia so i was yeah. i knew it was going to be a lot but it was also kind of gareth it was similar to what you were talking about where the first press this band put out of this record they're called i think it's blankenberg they're like this russian shoegaze band but anyway it was their first album radio gaze and i think the first pressing was quite low so now you go on freaking discogs and it's like $175. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm not paying that for this. So in <laughs> with that knowledge, even though it was a lot, I'm like still cheaper than discogs. Yeah. Um, yeah. In a, in a way, we, need, we all need to get together and just create our own distribution network. <laughs> and just, yeah. yeah. I was happy when yeah. um, Dog Knights did that. I don't know if you, I'm assuming yeah. you know that label. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that label's awesome. I don't, I, you know, they, they've just helped me because my fiance is in Scotland. <laughs> I remember being <laughs> over there and emailing uh, the guy. I mean, this is fucking 2016 or 2017 or something. Being like, I, I'm leaving Scotland in four days. If I buy this, it was uh, it was Trackham Brahmed. If I, I, I'm probably mispronouncing the band's name, their album Lita, and then uh, Shirakuma. <laughs> yeah, just like the screamo bands, and I was like, if I buy these, what are the odds I will get it before I have to leave the country? And he's like, it's no problem. I'm gonna like overnight ship and be. I was like, holy shit! So ever since then, I've been like, yo, Dog Knights is a shout out. But I was stoked that Dog Knights got hooked up with a label here, uh that newer label, uh Clever Eagle, just so I don't. I hate to sound shitty, but so I don't have to pay like a lot of money because also the dollar isn't worth shit <laughs> and the rest yeah. of the world. So buying from the rest of the world is brutal in that aspect. I've got, I've got a friend in, uh, in Michigan and when we go out to visit her and her family, you know, the amount of stuff I'll, I'll say to her, you know, I'll send her a message saying, oh, well, we're, we'll be over in a couple of weeks. Do you mind if I get a few things sent to your house? And she ultimately say yes, and then she's like, the, 
the floodgates open. I'm like, right, what can I get that I've put off for so long? And then when I arrive, there's just these parcels, Gareth, 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 Gareth. <laughs> but yeah. She does it to me the other way around, though, to be fair. I was going to say, I did that to... <laughs> I feel bad, but I... I... Saw my fiance for the first time since fucking January of 2020, um, last month, and it was June into July. And as <laughs> before I was going there, I was like, record store day hit, and there were all these UK exclusives that I wanted. And I, <laughs> I messaged her like, "Hey, just be aware some stuff's gonna <laughs> show up to your house." So her, her, uh, she, she. Had to move back home, unfortunately, uh, during the pandemic. She lost her job, but her parents are like, "Oh, because <laughs> you know, there, there's no way to, there's no way to hide that it's a record mailer." <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's a record mailer. Her parents are like, "Oh yeah, Matt's uh, getting stuff for when he's gonna be here." <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, sent her something recently, but I don't know if the band is technically Britpop, but to bring it back to Britpop, I did buy HMV put out like a special edition of Stone Roses self-titled and I didn't own it. So I was like, whatever, I'm going to get it. I don't know if they're technically, did they predate that genre? Yeah. I, I was yeah, going to say like influence like, on. Proto. Yeah, definitely. Like spinning, spinning back to that. I mean, I don't know how <laughs> Britpop has been a massive part of the conversation, but it's good. It's cool. You need to be, <laughs> It it's be never been about. talked about really on any other episode, so this is yeah. a first, and I this love it. it. Yeah, it's been shoehorned in, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it. Stone Roses, early Charlatans, and all all those sort of early mentions. The fact that you met, mentioned the Smiths as you know having a Britpop influence, it makes me laugh because that was yeah, that was lot. That was like well before. Yeah. Britpop. Right. That was like the early 80s, but anyway. <laughs> but hey, yeah, what, 80, 83 to 89, 88, yeah. something like that. I think the, the Britpop phrase, I think it's an, it's, it's it's like an e, it's like the emo oh, yeah. phrase. It's just it just gets sort of it, it was made popular because it was an easy way of putting a load of things together. Uh, and then all of a sudden, any band that was sort of, you know, drums, guitar and vocals were Britpop, just because they were from Britain. It was just very, yeah, it, it, quick, it quickly died. I, I always put the death of Britpop to OK Computer Radiohead, and rightly so as well, because <laughs> when, that, when that album dropped, yeah, that was it. That, that whole scene just <laughs> literally withered into nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> so as far as songs that stood out to you on the texas is the reason album which, which song stood out to you right away i think for me it because of what was on the confirmation for me it's always going to be back into the left uh but that said you know every time i revisit the album i I always eagerly await the following four tracks and it's always going to be, do you know who you are? Followed by back into the left, then the day's refrain and Jack with one eye. I think those four songs in a row. Yeah. Just, <laughs> they're just unbeatable. That sort of uh, instrumental 
of do you know who you are and then crash bang wallop straight into back into the left oh yeah i mean yeah if if, if you have to pick my favorite it'd be back into the left and then i think uh, a close second and I mean very close would be a Jack with one eye for sure and when I saw them live they finished finished with that and it was their last ever last ever well at the time it was their last ever gig uh, yeah there was not a dry there wasn't a dry eye dry eye in the house <laughs> I had a bit of dirt in my I had a bit of dirt in my eye that night <laughs> Jack with one eye Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, like I said, those, those four tracks. I guess I, I don't know. Let me grab the vinyl see if I can find it. <laughs> I think I think I think I'm only familiar that's... with the like the original CD track listing though, because when I went to listen, like catch, because I don't I think I probably had a CDR some years ago. I don't know if yeah. some listeners of this will even know what those are. <laughs> but um... Wait, can you explain them, Matt? Uh, did you, <laughs> dude, did you see the thing, by the way, this is a, a sidebar, but it's about what I'm talking about, where there was that girl that posted on Twitter, she was like, what the fuck is burning CDs? And I feel like <laughs> nothing made me feel older recently. I was just like, uh. <laughs> that's funny, they're back to trading tapes. Uh, hey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's great because, you know, putting comps together on tape was such good fun. But anyway, I'm showing my age there for sure. <laughs> I used to do that. I love doing it. But I, <laughs> I remember having a tape, and I'm like, <laughs> on one he- on one side it would have most of Evil Empire, <laughs> and then on the other side I was like, I'm not going to continue the album. I'd put like most of the Deftones album. <laughs> it's so stupid. I should have just had the full albums. What, what was I thinking? I remember recording, uh, I, ri- I ripped a, a, I think it was a CD or tape to tape. And I, and I, I think, I don't know, I probably 15, I was 14, 15. And for whatever reason, I don't know, I still to this day, I don't know why I did it. But when the tracks finished on side A, I said, I pressed record and used the microphone and said, turn over the tape now. Like, why, <laughs> did, why did I do that? It's pretty obvious, isn't it? It's pretty obvious the music stopped. <laughs> turn the tape over and I'm oh the, the grilling I got from my friend at school that I gave that to you know that yeah <laughs> <But> anyway <laughs> I had yeah, a go. purchase of a speak and say from Fisher Price with the microphone and so what I would do is I would record the songs I liked from MTV <laughs> by awesome. gum banding down a microphone rubber banding down a microphone 
and then holding it against the speaker on the television to make takes. <laughs> that is amazing. That is amazing. I'll be in prison okay. for copyright infringement any day now. Yeah. You're the one that was doing that. <laughs> that was you. It's you're the guy. <laughs> we knew someone was doing it. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I used to do the same with not not that is epic with the Fisher Price, but I used to do it with tapes. You know when you used to get the VHS and snap the thing off, or I can't remember you used to snap it oh, off. Yeah. Or after. I we'll have to put something in it, yeah. but I'd recalled music videos. I think one of the first ones that I I watched over and over again was Bad Religion, Twenty First Century Digital Boy. Is that right? Is that, is that yeah? I think it is. I used to love that song. I used to watch that video over and over again. But yeah, there you go. Yeah, you got <laughs> ripping off. Yeah, you got to break the thing off the VHS so you don't like record over it down the, the line, right? Wasn't that's, that how it works? Yeah, that's, it's been a while. Yeah. I can't, <laughs> yeah. It was either or, I can't remember, but yeah, I remember stuffing something into the hole to record over it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But now, I've, I've dug the vinyl out now, so Ooh, it's in okay. my hand. And yeah, it is. So the second bit, side B is, do you know who you are? Back into the left, the day's refrain, and Jack with one eye. It's probably, it's probably why I grouped those four songs together. Yeah, because, second side. Yeah, second side just is killer. But there you go. Yeah, the digital thing, that's, that's I guess, what I was getting to, but I sidebarred my, my friggin' self about the CDR. I think the CD I had only had the original track list on it, but then yeah. on Spotify, there's a whole bunch of extra songs on there, and I was like, wait, what? Am I misremembering? Well, I think, didn't they do... No, no, no. I think they did some sort of compilation. They called it the same yeah, thing. Oh, they did? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some bullshit like, like that. Not that I'm like Mr. Musical Knowledge or whatever, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure I didn't listen to these many songs when I first listened to this album. Yeah, because I think <laughs> like, the... there's 25 tracks on this. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, because I think the original is only nine tracks, if I'm right. No, yeah, yeah I, I think, think you're yeah. right. So, so yeah, well, I think they really, like you say, they sort of shoehorned in everything else, which I don't know, if you, if you haven't got the EPs and whatever else, yeah. it's great. But, uh, yeah, same time. agreed. I just think they should change the name of it. Yeah, yeah like at that point, it's just lazy. Extended edition or something. Because that happened when, well, when we were talking about the Boys Life album. I just listened yeah. to the Boys yeah. Life album. I didn't listen to the one that had like the added demos and yeah, live tracks and stuff. I mean, I eventually heard some of them, but yeah, I was like, I'm gonna listen to this in its purest original form. <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember the same thing when we had that conversation about that record. It went off course way early. <laughs> <laughs> we Which always get back to a, it. That was a great, that was great fun. But oh yeah, yeah. That was the day that I forgot we were recording, <laughs> and you guys were waiting. In the, you were waiting in the room, and you're like, "Hey, man, anytime oh, yeah, you're ready." Yeah. And I was in town walking my dog, like, "Oh shit, I completely forgot." Ah, memories. We've had so many yeah. episodes at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't even know how far we are into it now. <laughs> I know we're season I've, two. I've given up. I've given up counting, and just have it in my phone and send it to you every time someone. That is true. That is true. That's well, that's good. That's <laughs> if you've lost count, that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this. I think. I think 
Well, actually, I don't know if I can actually say that, though, but I was going to say, Gareth, I think you're our first guest, at least chronologically to recording. I, I think I'll save myself on that one because in the order we upload might obviously be different. But I think yeah. you're our first guest chronologically where at present time you're not playing in a screamy band. I think. Yeah. I was I mean, thinking about uh, it. I mean, you have yeah, that history. I mean, Haley I say, has Haley plays in in yeah but isn't she in a her power to power violence, yeah, her main <laughs> yeah drill sergeant drill yeah, sergeant exactly. is, they just released that record this year um on protagonist yeah, well, I, I thought protagonist didn't exist anymore i was blown away in a good way by the way but yeah they, they released that uh what it was early in the year but her main gig is her uh her own thing the solo kind of yeah. yeah absence of father yeah well, all I can all I can do is apologize for no. for that. But uh, <laughs> well, I'm, totally. I'm hey, you totally said your old band bad. sounded like Sasha, so I mean that's right with uh, <laughs> that's in our yeah, way. Right. Where can people where can people get those recorded? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think no. I, yeah, I, I'll I, say this: I listened to the new Lakes record the other day, and I thought it was good. I and then I immediately pre I pre ordered or well, I didn't. Is it? It probably is a pre order still at this point. I got it from the No Hope the u.s label that okay. puts out your guys' stuff which by the way <laughs> hopefully i'm not going to get in trouble when i got because i i was talking to matt for a long time about getting your first lp but with shipping and stuff i was like i don't know how this is going to happen and then once you when you guys got hooked up with them i'm like this is great i bought it from them um actually maybe it was the seven inch that you guys put out the one that my friend Dylan did the artwork for. What up, Dylan? Hmm. I'm trying to get him on the show. You know, Dylan yeah, from needs... uh, Del Paxton. Um, uh, get him on the show, 100%. I, I, I'm trying. But but no, I, I ordered whatever it was I ordered from them. They sent me a shirt of your guys's too. I didn't pay for it, though. So no hope. If you want some money, I'll send it through because I do wear <laughs> that shirt regularly. <laughs> Just look him up on Instagram. Send him a DM. I felt bad. If it's, I was like, I was like, well, there's no way that this happened because Matt was like, oh, my friend Matt is going to order something, throw in something for him. So I was like, this has to be a mistake or I don't know. How would they know my size? It just all panned out. But I rock a lake shirt pretty regularly. I guess is where this is going. That's cool. That's cool. I'm actually sat in a station shirt now. So Hey. <laughs> So I can't read. I'm yeah. wearing a Wow Wow shirt that I made in my basement. Nice. Cool. I have that a Halloween cool. three button up. <laughs> I guess I'm the odd what? man out here. <laughs> yes. Please, what, Matt? I, I like it. podcast. God damn it. I know. Where's my, do I have any music, anything around here? <laughs> where's, your, where's your loyalty? <laughs> where's my home shirt at? I know I saw that somewhere. <laughs> Talking of, uh, talking of shirts i managed to get a bootleg version of i don't know if you if you're aware of it or know it but there's a texas reason t-shirt which is basically uh the chain of strength uh logo and mm -hmm. i managed to get it and i wore it for our uh our, uh, our, our, our release our release night gig last week and i, nice. I just got chatting to and i sent norman a message i said oh yeah i've managed to get one hold of these t-shirts and he was like where did you get it from because there's only there's only 15 of them ever made and it was only made for this gig and i was like oh shit oh, i won't wear it then. <laughs> I 
It's a boot. <laughs> yeah, it's boot, mate. <laughs> it's like, I'm but, shutting yeah. them down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I felt bad. I thought you'd be like, oh, that's cool. That's really cool. I'm, I'm sort of, you know, I'm glad you're you're wearing it but no it's like there's only 15 of them in the world but well there's there's quite a few more now (laughs) yeah right (laughs) Uh, yeah but what a nice guy he's such a nice guy to chat to but there you go yeah that's good news how was that show actually friend of the show cat who plays in uh she plays in in case you leave i don't know if you heard that band gareth yeah kind of she was at your show i was randomly like talking with her and she's like oh i'm at the show right now and i was like who's playing she's like oh it's lakes I think she's I'm trying to think of who else she said I feel fine but then I think she told me they ended up having to cancel or something I, I don't yeah, exactly know what happened but yeah like I was like oh shit I'm like friends with a couple guys in that band <laughs> she, she said it was fun how was it to like oh, play a show again after it'd been quite a while right um oh man that's that's what I live for is to is to play gigs you know that's that's the thing that I love most all the other stuff is just side side issues for me. <laughs> so I love I, I love getting out there and playing. And yeah, it was a great show. It was you know we haven't played. I think it was like I think Matt said to me it's 17 months since we last played, and it didn't feel like we got on stage. And I think when we got we got through the first song, it, yeah, it was it was fine. And, and then all of a sudden we just hit our we just hit you know you, you know when you get into the groove and you're away and off we went and. Yeah, it was good. It was a good gig. I really enjoyed it. It's up there. It was. It's up there. One of the the best ones we've played, definitely. And, and we got we got good reaction from the crowd. That's it was, always it was a good. Fun. Yeah, and it's a good vibe, and people just into it. And I like it when you go somewhere, and you know when you go when you go on tour, you get you go to these sort of distant towns and venues you've never been in before, playing to a handful of people or, or, or whatever, or and you, you never get that. You don't get the two way feels i guess if the right way but you don't get that two-way exchange of this is this is cool this is going well sort of thing where that gig everyone was there and supporting us and yeah it was good it was a good time i really enjoyed it that's good news i'm assuming it's the first time you guys played a lot of this the newer songs live too yes the first time we played them live yeah that's awesome yeah i don't think i don't think we even played kids live up until that point and that was that's released what 18 months ago so, yeah, yeah that was a while ago yeah strange strange times i think it's funny <laughs> because because obviously everyone's talking about it so uh you know everyone said this i was chatting to people in the venue oh this is the first time i've been out to a gig since 18 months ago and this is the you know i haven't been to a gig in so long it's just good to hear all those stories and everyone just saying how they're just happy to be I, you know what i think for some people it don't matter what band was playing that night i think they're just happy to get out of the house I could I could feel that. I mean, I I you guys are awesome. I've never seen you live. Hopefully someday I'll see you guys live. I don't even think I've seen live. I have to assume there's like live vids of you guys on YouTube or something I could check out. I don't know why I've never thought about it. Whoa, it just blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can inadvertently see us live through the power of YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I mean. I'd love to get out to the States and do some gigs, definitely. Or or when you're next over in Scotland, then oh, yeah. let's do it. Well, yeah, get yourself we'll down. I'm, I'm, I've never, I've only ever been to Heathrow, like, connecting. So I've never actually, like, been to England outside of, like, just flying. <laughs> okay, I'm here for a couple hours and now I'm leaving. So it'd be cool to go around. 
I think my fiance and I had talked about renting a renting a car and like driving there. I don't know how how far the uh, the drive would be to like London or anything like that, but I don't know. Road tripping, I'm all about it. Do it, even though driving over there is terrifying to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you'd be fine. I've done it. I've I... done it in Europe. I've done it in Europe and I've done it in the driven in the states. And oh yeah, you just got you just got to think the opposite. <laughs> this is like a really obvious thing to say. I, just got to yeah, go, oh. honestly, man, I felt like I felt like I was finally getting a groove. And then, I mean, this was this was years ago, but my fiance and I were like driving into Edinburgh, and like <laughs> I finally felt like okay, I'm feeling good about driving. You know, <laughs> and then some fucking jag wagon like. She, she calls it indicating. I'm saying he wasn't using his turn signal. Fucking cuts us <laughs> off. It was this terrifying, like, we're both screaming moment. And then after that, I, like, second-guessed myself. <laughs> like, the remainder <laughs> of the time, I had a rental car. But I don't know. I'll, I'll get back on that horse at some point. You get, I mean, there's a lot of, I guess the thing, I always have a hard time when I'm visiting her, the public transit system. So great. I hate to brag about this kind of stuff. I don't, I don't have it where I'm at, Rod. I don't know what you're, you know, what you guys have out like Pittsburgh way for public transit, but I'll say this for Syracuse. I mean, if you're not in city center, as you know, they'd say over and I guess uh, the UK city center is a, a terminology. You ain't getting shit from where I live in Minoan, New York. I mean, you'd have no, to take, same. Yeah. It's like awful. Same. Yeah. Same, same here. I mean, I'm like probably 28 minutes from downtown pittsburgh driving Mm -hmm. so you know to uh to get there i'm driving (laughs) yeah definitely i mean we're hitchhiking either way (laughs) whichever is less dangerous it always (laughs) amazes me when i when i visit when i visit my friends in michigan and they say oh we're just gonna go to here and it's a four-hour drive it's just it's just up the road it won't take long like what four hours i'd get across the uk yeah (laughs) Yeah, true. I feel like that's how long it might be from like where my fiance's family lives to like London or something is like a four hour trek. And I'm like, oh, I could drive four hours and I wouldn't even be I wouldn't even be to see you, Ron. I think I I think I'd be in Pennsylvania, though. Actually, I might still be in New York. (laughs) It just seems like for some for some people when they say, oh, yeah, just doing a four hour drive. It's like a a commute to go to work (laughs) down the road, you know. (laughs) No, no, my my wife is originally from Chicago, so when we go to visit her family, it's like a seven-hour drive, wow. and we're just like, "Yeah, we're just gonna drive it." Yeah, it's an hour and a half flight for a seven-hour drive. I know, right? But it's way cheaper. Yeah, to do the drive, so we just drive it. Oh man, I love my son Chicago. does not love it. <laughs> oh, great yeah. city! Great yeah. city! It's a great city. So much fun there. You know, when I was talking about that uh, area in London called Camden, well, yeah, I've heard only, that. Yeah, the, the place in Chicago, I think it's is it Clark and Belmont? I don't know if that's the right place, but that kind of got the same sort of vibe as Camden. Gotcha. I mean, Clark yeah. Clark is a huge, a huge street. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. There's but tons. So- I mean, there's so many places out there in the lake to go and see and things to do not that there isn't in pittsburgh it's just that pittsburgh a lot of it you can do in probably 
three days and you could be gone. <laughs> Chicago, you could spend like three weeks and still That's be trying true, to yeah. find. You know what I mean? There's just a ton of shit to do. New York's the same way, though. To be fair, I've only yeah, gone yeah, to Chicago yeah. once, and it I've was not a... been to the West Coast. So. I've I've I was there on tour once. That was where our tour ended because our van broke down. But <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty all right. I don't know, and I like that all the cities they're uh, quite different. You know, like San Diego is very different from San. I mean, it's understandable, but I don't know. Such a such a big state. I mean, I it sounds kind of dumb, I guess, coming from someone from New York, where I know well if I drive this far here, this is very different, obviously, from where I am. But yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, Chicago is such a great city. I, I love visit. I've been this quite a few times if i'm honest and i i enjoy it but yeah west coast is great san Fran's, i love that city yeah i wasn't too wasn't too taken with la if i'm honest <laughs> i'm not sure if that's yeah if I mean, I I, say that or not. <laughs> yeah to anyone who's listening you know from la we love you but i'm also gonna say yeah just kind of just kind of gritty you know it's like a grid city right and it's just it's big yeah. I, I and i you know what also kind of sucked because uh you know my band was driving from this you know san diego show you know there wasn't well attended but i felt like we played well we met some nice people you know it's one of those things when you're on tour yeah. you got to take those kind of things and then driving into la is just like there's like four or five fucking lanes just like bumper to bu- bumper gridlock and maybe that's what influenced me to be like man not like fuck the city but like this just is like not doing it for me <laughs> it's just I've, like leaning into it that's what you experience yeah i i, I totally agree I, we drove down highway one uh, from uh san fran to uh, to la and it's the exact same we we sort of hit malibu and then slowly hit the outskirts of LA and I was like what is going on here you know just totally totally different vibe but yeah it's a cool city to a certain degree yeah kind of got around and had a few few look at things and then then flew back home to London so yeah there you go (laughs) (laughs) and had a bizarre had a bizarre night in a uh, so yeah on the drive down from San Francisco we stayed in a, a motel I can't remember the name of the place now uh, it was like some real tiny town uh, actually on Highway 1. Uh, me and my wife went and uh, got some food in this bar and there was no one in there but us and the barmaid and that turned into a heavy night of drinking because then she called her friends and said, oh, there's these people from the UK here that, you know, they're getting the rounds in and then all of a sudden these people turn up and he's in a band and he's giving me his demo and it's just one of those yeah that sounds like a crazy night was the demo yeah, so... any good <laughs> oh man i'll tell you it, it was, it, i've just looked up the name of the place it's san simeon which is on highway one and it was basically him uh doing a Lindsay low like a Lindsay lohan uh what we call a piss take like a jokey song <laughs> and and we listen and i and we funnily enough we're on our honeymoon so we been being us we hired a, we hired a mustang to drive down from san francisco so here we are in the morning put the roof down on the mustang put this cd in thinking oh, i don't know what this is but i'm looking forward to it and it was hilarious just this guy rambling on about <laughs> Lindsay Lindsay lohan I've, I've kept it because it's just it just yeah it just sums up that trip oh, of, yeah and that, <laughs> <laughs> well there you go so, Texas is the reason 
major influence in your life. If somebody hasn't heard the band, why should they listen to them? Oh, I think for me, uh, I alluded to it earlier, if you're, if you're on that voyage of discovery like I was and you stumble across that genre of music that we love so much, emo, post-hardcore, whatever you want to call it, I think for me that is, like I said, that's, that's the album that defines it for me, for me. And and if if you're gonna if you're gonna listen to any album from that whole scene, then that's the one. It's so honest. Uh, it's it's clever, but without being clever. It's, you know, it's not all these crazy time signatures and you know polyrhythmical and getting all excited about that. It's just an honest <laughs> record. And you, and you you know you can hear it. You can you can hear it in it. You know, when I, when I put that record on, I you just feel that it's come from a good place it's a it's just a it's just a great record that's yeah just so honest and at the time it was it was different it's gone on to influence countless bands in my opinion it's probably the well yeah it's probably like i said i hate superlatives but it's probably the greatest post-hardcore emo album there is <laughs> wow <laughs> i might bug myself a whole thing <laughs> but uh <laughs> But to me, it is, and and yeah, I I applaud anyone to uh, go go and listen to it, and just listen to the how honest and yeah how driven the the album is, and, and how emotive it is. Just listen to lyrics and, and and work it out for yourself, I guess. Yeah, I mean that's a fair answer. That it, it touched you in such a way that you know that you consider it to be the greatest album of that genre is is saying a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's 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 hard to say. And I think I, I hope you guys sort of relate to this. It's 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 always hard to do that because I feel such an affinity and like a, a loyalty to a hell of a lot of other bands from that scene and a hell of a lot of albums. But that one always just slot, you know, like a like a hundred meter race. That one's just slightly in front, just just like by a hair. It's just slightly in front. <laughs> but there, all those other people in the race are just as good. Uh, but for me, it's that one that sticks ahead, and and it, it's always it always sort of it pains me really because, like I just said, there's so there's so many records, there's so many bands that's done such great things and put out such great stuff. By a hair length. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so I'll I'm ask sure this because yeah. this is something friend of the show. I don't know if we're allowed to say that. I'm going to say it. Tom Schlatter from You and I. You ever listen to You and I, Gareth? No, I have, yeah. Okay. He had said that we should ask our guests, in addition to the obviously the album we, we talked about on this, what we're like a few other choices. Now, I noticed you, you know, early on, you mentioned some of those Brit pop bands, thought about bringing them. 
I feel like you and I had a conversation some months ago. Was it was it Drowning Man you had mentioned? Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny to say because when when we discussed sort of coming on here, you said you know pick an album, and I kind of knew the sort of genre and sort of thing you were doing. And Drowning Man came to my head straight away. You know, Rock and Roll Killing Machine. I mean, what an album! Talk about talk about Revelation Records putting out decent records. That that's up there for me. And yeah, if if it was if I wasn't given a free hit to pick my favorite album of all time, <laughs> and it was probably, and it was probably more sort of genre specific, I guess I probably would have gone for Drowning Man. Best album art to me is that record. That is really, my favorite yeah? album art. Just the bloody tooth laying oh. on the ground is yeah. one of my favorite images on a on a record ever. Yeah, and it's just yeah, so I love that album. It's just so. I remember when I picked it up and looked at it, and like you say, it's just it's quite hard hitting, isn't it? I know it. I know it's like a tooth and some blood, but it's actually like I wonder what this sounds like, you know. And yeah. it doesn't disappoint. It really doesn't disappoint when you put it on. No, no, it is. It's aggressive from the moment you put the needle on it, for sure. And and at the time, for me, it was definitely maybe ahead of its time, or or just completely different. It was definitely. It was definitely different. I think the only other band that were kind of going that way, for well, my recollection anyway, was Planes Mistaken for Stars. They, they dropped that sort of emo album or EP, whatever it was beforehand, and then they came out, what they did after that. And I'd, I'd put them in the same sort of circle, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I can, I can understand that for sure. So, yeah, yeah, so that's, yeah if I wasn't going to talk about Texas, it would have been that that album but i don't think i'd have too much to say about it <laughs> <laughs> well that, you know, that was that was nice it's always nice when we have a guest who can go on and you have like a really like noted history you know what i mean like the, the story about going to the record store and everything like that sometimes you know we get people who are like i heard this once and i really liked it and we're like shit <laughs> now yeah. what are we gonna talk about yeah now what are we gonna talk about yeah <laughs> so I mean, yeah when you sent me that message being like yo I'm excited to talk about this. I was totally, well, I was excited to speak to you anyway, because actually your and my friendship is kind of like Ron and my friendship just met through social media, yeah. shared music and stuff. I liked your band, obviously. Yes, it's, and, that, and I guess that's, that's the beauty of this, isn't it? It's, 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 it's great that, that that can happen. And yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> Thank God for social media, right? I know, right? I mean, it used to, it used to be AOL. <laughs> yep, aim. <laughs> Mine was always hey, the Viva, Le- Viva La Vinyl message board was my go-to back in the day. I was not a, much of an aim user. Yeah. I was on aim. I was on. Uh, what was the one that was pre MySpace? Friendster. I don't know. There was, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 there was that one. Yeah. yeah. The yeah, message board I was on was just like the what was called emo cues <laughs> initially <laughs> and then later it became the 315 hardcore board and it was just people from the city you know you'd post your bands playing show hey i'm in this new band we sound like blah 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 but then you know people would just be shooting the shit on there too yeah 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 definitely definitely i mean and yeah and the other reason i picked this album is yeah i've got, I've got the story of you know getting the the confirmation and hearing it but that you know actually going on and, and and that's the sort of link to social media is i just reached out to norman brandon one day and i just said look i don't know why i did this i just did it i don't know why i just said look 
you know you've been an, your album has been an influence on my life and I just want to say thank you to that thinking I never get a reply back and I did <laughs> I got a reply back saying oh, wow. thank you very much thanks for reaching out blah 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 and we've chatted ever since and he came yeah. to funny enough he came to London just before lockdown and he said I'm coming to London do you want to meet up I was like yeah <laughs> yeah I do <laughs> uh, most definitely but I was like so conscious of when, when I met him, I was so worried about talking about, you know, Texas and talking about the album. And it was, it, I sort of danced around the issue for, I don't know, about an hour, trying not to talk about the obvious. And in the end, we just got straight, we got down to it and we were talking about the record. <laughs> like I said, the Oasis thing and sort of how they split up and the uh, the major label, sort of the, the flirting with the major label and uh yeah and and all his music because he's into he's into he's not into emo or anything like that he, what he is but he's into so much stuff you know and he's really into his pop and at the time he was in london uh 18 months ago he was producing this sort of dance track and he played it to me and it's like this proper upbeat house track and oh, he was wow. telling me about his time yeah, he used to DJ in Chicago. It's just such an interesting character, you know. He's got so much history to him and so, you know, so many interesting stories. I, I could have sat there for hours, basically, listening to him, telling me about his life. It was so interesting. And he's such a nice human as well. But there you go. That reminds me of you, Ron, with uh, Chris Colohan, maybe, or Tom Schleier yeah. or something like that. Just yeah, you yeah, reached no, out to definitely them. Definitely Chris. Yeah, definitely Chris and I have... have uh, I mean, we're in touch probably once a week. So yeah, similar thing. I reached out to him, you know, um, because I pretty much love every band he's ever been in. I mean, The Swarm, Left for Dead, Cursed, um, Countdown to Oblivion. Mm. I mean, everything that he's done, he's in sect currently. And yeah, I just reached out to him and said, like, you know, basically, like, dude, like, everything you touch is gold to me. So I just wanted to tell you how much your music has meant to me over the years. And then he was responded and then we just started chatting and uh, actually ironically three days before they locked down Pennsylvania sect played and I ended up hanging out with him and we ended up chatting about a billion different things. And yeah, incredibly nice guy and has been incredibly warm. Did uh, an Instagram live with me at one point has been on, he'll have been on here by now. Yeah. By this uh, point, it's weird yeah, to think by this point. Friend of the show. Yeah, we got a reverse think <laughs> of it. Yeah, friend of the show, Chris Colton. Yeah, no, but he's been he's been fantastic. Great guy and ultra supportive and uh just love him to death. So yeah, I feel you on that, man. It's interesting when you when you hear the phrase, you know, you don't want to meet your heroes. Yeah. But in yeah. this case, it was one of those moments where it was like, no, I totally fucking want to meet him. And he ended up being an absolutely fantastic person. And I feel like you've got that same connection, which is great. Yeah, definitely, and, and and I echo that. I I, I was a bit apprehensive because I'm thinking if I meet this guy, and you know he's not that I thought he would, but if he was a complete ass, you know, I just thought that would completely ruin that whole story. Really, if you think about it, but he was quite the opposite. Just such a and he, such a nice guy, and he has been ever since. So supportive, you know, and especially especially with being in a band, he. I, I run things past him, I soundboard my feelings about being in a band and other things like that. And he's just, he's just so good about it, you know? Uh, and, and 
and because that record means so much to me, he could be he could be a complete ass, but he's not. He's just so so such a humble human, you know, and uh, such a nice person to talk to, I guess, and 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 some and someone different, you know, someone you know out, out of out of the norm for I guess for me really, is speaking to him and and yeah, it goes back round to talking about this 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 great music of ours, punk, emo, hardcore, whatever you, whatever you want to call it, the fact that most people not all <laughs> but most people are really cool to each other and that's that's one thing i hope stays through each generation yeah no i i agree that's something that i think was brought up maybe a few weeks ago i was saying you know i'm also like huge into like indie rock and and you know that scene but i never felt the same connection to the people yeah. in that scene you know it always felt like they were above the fray and you would be you know nice to them and say hey great show or whatever and they would be like thanks and just like blow it off where i've said that to i can't tell you how many you know people in hardcore bands that have been like oh that's awesome thanks for coming out and then they chat for five yeah. to ten minutes or something and you know so down to earth and such a different vibe yeah yeah absolutely and and, that, and long may it rain i i, I say and and that's how it should be. And anyone who goes against that, especially in, in, in this type of music, yeah, it's just, they're not wanted, in my opinion. <laughs> I know that's quite a harsh thing to say, but, <laughs> you know, I, 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 is, is, there, is, there, is there room for egos? I'm not really sure, you know? Under, understandable. I agree. I, I, I enjoyed that you got to meet somebody that, that meant that much to you, just in the sense that, you know, I know on a nerd level, how much music means to me <laughs> yeah. on a nerd level so you know i know how weird it is to like just have that that moment where you you get that like oh shit they they responded holy crap like so that moment i get that like that moment of like just overwhelmed feeling that like somebody who you felt like would never even give a shit that you had two words to say to them actually cared yeah but yeah, yeah. man that's an awesome story yeah, and 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 it's just and and the fact that it continues on as well, you know. I kind of look at my messages and go, I'm yeah. chatting, to, I'm chatting to Norman Brown from Texas. The reason, and he's such a nice guy, and he's been so so open and honest, uh, you know, the whole time. And as yeah, crazy when you think about it. Considering if you, if you look back at a story we've spoken about today, you know, I bought that record when I was 17, uh, maybe maybe slightly older. Uh, from from a guy that I knew in a record store in a suburb of South London who gave me a confirmation and I've discovered that discovered that song discovered that record and all these times later <laughs> I, you know I was sat in a uh, in a bar restaurant in Shoreditch chatting chatting to Norman Brennan and I had to I actually had to pinch myself I had to go to the toilet and sort of look in the mirror and go this is just bizarre <laughs> Yeah, the surreal moment that you realize that it's not just you thinking that it's existing, it actually is existing is, yeah, is interesting. Yeah, and, and those sort of that, that initial awkward conversation where, like I said, I was trying to hide the, I really want to talk about that album, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I really wanted to get into the weeds of it and really, you know, get stuck into you know his thought processes around it and and all and and, and all the side stuff to it and yeah it's funny <laughs> just me like, how are you how's your trip you know blah blah blah, blah. how are you finding london you know i'm trying to not do, be the fan fan 
person and then all of a sudden bang i went in with it it happens yeah yeah i couldn't hold on any longer yeah man listen i really appreciate you being willing to do this with us this has been a lot of fun yeah yeah i, I hope it's uh, i hope it's been good i hope you i hope we've oh, i've had some fun definitely it's been awesome chatting about oh, yeah. it I, I love chatting to people about uh, our thing if we can call it that uh yeah thank you very much for having me i really appreciate it no man thank you appreciate it matt do you have anything gareth so great to talk to you been friends for a while never i was like oh i don't even know what he sounds like so this is <laughs> so this will be fun but yeah it's been awesome also awesome talk about anything j robinson burning airlines i know it wasn't why we were here but that's why i like our podcast too we get off on these fun side tangents so it's yeah it's just it's been awesome thank you so much for coming on with us oh thanks for having me absolute pleasure thank you very much <laughs>